0: You're listening to the College Info Geek Podcast, where it's all about learning more, paying off your student debt, landing your dream job,
1: and being awesome at college. Now, here's your host, Thomas Frank. Hey, what's up, everybody, and welcome back to the College Info Geek Podcast, specifically the Reader Q&A once-a-month episode that we do Uh, We're going to be taking five reader questions about college, about internships, studying, whatever. Mm. I didn't look at the questions yet, so I'm sort of ad-libbing those topics. But that's uh, what's on the schedule for today. I'm your host, Thomas Frank, and uh, I'm going to let the other co-hosts introduce themselves this time. So, guys, introduce yourselves however you want.
0: Uh, Yo, this is Marty B. from (laughs) polyglot.com, and uh, I run a language blog. And I do stuff with Tom occasionally. What it is? Don't lie. You do, you do stuff with Tom all the time. That's probably true. <laughs> and
2: hi, I'm Tennessee. I'm a pizza freak.
0: Yeah. That's that's absolutely not your name.
2: Would you my say name's Tennessee. Would you say you I pizza am pizza
0: Totino's boy. Pizza
2: Totino's boy. <laughs> that
0: is. She's lying to you, folks.
2: I'm my my name's Anna. I, yeah. I do design and stuff.
0: She's still lying. Yeah. No, she's not. How, I'm
2: lying. Do, how do I run? So, I don't remember.
0: I was
1: about to say that Anna's the only student, but you're still a student as well. How just, do I run? It, doesn't, how to run? it doesn't feel like you are because,
2: Please I don't know. Please tell me. Oh, wait. Do I? But you are. Do I have to press B? I
1: barely feel anyway, it. Like uh Anyway, I'm going to steal a segment from my friend Matt over at the Listen Money Matters podcast and ask, what are you guys drinking? Because hmm? it is Friday. We're recording this on a Friday night, and thank Goodness, people are quiet this time.
0: Uh, I got this uh, I got this blackberry pear cider from Crispin, or as I prefer to call them fox barrel, because that's who originally made this until Crispin <laughs> bought them. It's pretty dope. Nice. What are you drinking?
2: I am Tennessee drinking Williams. <laughs> I am drinking Iander which is import from I believe Belgium.
0: What is one nice. of these words?
2: Um,
0: Ooh, the Yes,
2: from Germany, actually. It is a Brauweiss, yes. and it is delicious, and I don't usually drink beer, but I love this.
1: Is it, is it Brauweiss or Brauweiss? Brauweiss.
2: Brauweiss. Whatever.
1: Brauweiss. Brauweiss. I'm drinking The Heiser Burma. I, I am drinking. So, by the uh, beard of St. Nick. Dress.
2: Can you like... Tell me how to run. I'm
1: drinking Jolly Traveler Shandy. It's brand new. Oh, and uh, for down. all y'all out there who is under 21, you guys can uh, drink apple juice
0: because <laughs> I totally trust you, dude. Apple juice is great. Don't <laughs> even let's not even pretend it's not the best drink.
1: All right, let's uh, keep this gravy train rolling. So uh, before we get to these questions, I have a couple segments. The first one um, is kind of a special segment, so I'm going to do it right now, and uh, it's because this episode is going out. Uh, the week of Veterans Day. So I've partnered with a bunch of other podcasts over at VoicesForVets.co. A lot of podcasts have decided to dedicate an episode during Veterans Week to, um, you know, thanking veterans and making sure they're represented and that we uh, acknowledge their service. So if you are a veteran or you are currently in the service or you're planning on going into the service, maybe you're doing an educational program through the military, uh, just want to say thank you for your service. Whether or not you've done it yet, or or you're going into it, thank you. Um, you know, it's awesome. And if you look at the show notes for this episode, I'm gonna post some links to resources for uh, you know, like ROTC resources you my and infinite like combo. Yeah, well, that's too bad. <laughs> I'm trying to be serious here, guys. Hey, really we're, listening.
2: we're listening. we listening.
1: So uh, if you go to the show notes for this episode, I'm posting some resources for people in those. Um, those areas. So if you are looking for ways to get the most out of college, if you're a veteran or if you're going to be in the armed services, check out the show notes for this episode, which you can find over at Sigpodcast.com. Click on the episode 37 link on that website and or that that webpage, I guess. And you'll find the show notes with those resources along with a summary, links to anything else we mentioned in this episode and a link to subscribe to the podcast. And if you enjoy the podcast, you can subscribe on iTunes, to get the new episodes delivered every week to wherever you listen, and you'll be helping the show bump up the rankings because uh, subscriptions is probably the most important factor for those rankings and getting the show out to more students. So if you want to do that, please do it. And once again, if you're a veteran, then thank you for your service. And you can check out VoicesForVets.co to see some of the other amazing podcasts that are participating in this event, and check those out. So rolling right along, I think we are through the intro. Um, I'm gonna get into the questions here. Pull up my little Evernote document. And the first question comes from Emily, and she says, hi Tom, just wanted to let you know that I've loved reading your posts, they've helped motivate me, thank you Emily. And she goes on, "Uh, I've been attending my university on and off for about four years, 65% of my bachelor's degree, and I've decided to quit my full-time job to focus completely on school for future semesters until I get my degree. It's a scary leap, and uh, but it makes sense to me. So I'm at the point where I wanna get it done as fast as possible and to do this, I'm considering taking up 20 to 21 credits in one semester. Am I crazy for wanting to do that? What was your heaviest course load? So uh, to rephrase the question, should Emily take 20 to 21 Sorry. credits in a semester and what's the highest course loads we've ever taken? Um, so I guess I'll start it out. The most, the most credits I ever took in a semester was 15. Really? Yeah. <laughs> wow. Well, you're just like, oh, you scrub. No, it's true. So a uh, little bit of backstory if you haven't heard it before. In high school, uh, my high school offered like a dual credit program when I was a senior. So I could go to a community college for half a day, take classes, and get both high school and college credit for that. Um and if this is something, if you're a high schooler and this is a program that's available to you at all. I can't see. I can't like, killed. do it. Because <laughs> it's awesome. But it, I was able to come into college with probably, I think, 49 credits.
0: Or um, is that mic in their way?
2: Yeah. Uh, I told it's you, Mark. It's, hard, hard, it's hard, hard, hard a little bit. It's hard Ooh. a little bit. Is still
0: in the way? Um, <laughs> uh, not enough to stop me. I'm expert. Okay. So too expert.
1: So for me, I came into college... Uh, with a lot of credits already done, and I was able to spend most semesters taking only 12 to 15 credits, which was great because I worked 20 to 30 to 40 hours a semester depending on the project. Um, so that's great. So for me, the class loads were never too difficult, but I want to get your uh, the two of you to chime in here because I know both of you have had more intense course loads than I have, and you have been to design. So... Uh, what were the most credits you guys have ever taken?
2: I feel like I may have taken, like, 18, but I might have dropped a class because it was too much. So you count as 15 um, as well? I feel like there might have actually been one semester where I did take 15. How did you go that fast?
0: Because I'm too expert. I said I'm this like, a second ago.
2: I don't know what I'm doing. Also, I'm like, okay, I'm dead. But... um. <laughs> I don't know how anyone would be able to handle that many credits just because I guess it's different for me because I'm in design and design is super intense. So it's like hard to be able to balance everything even with like 15 credits, but I'm, I guess it depends on what your major is. So.
0: (laughs) Did you just throw her off?
2: He he suicided with me on top of (laughs)
0: him. What's up?
2: He killed us both. All right, go That's on. The Totino's <laughs> lifestyle. <laughs> the Totino's <laughs> lifestyle. Pizza. I make live
1: the Totino's life
2: lifestyle. I'll admit it.
1: All right, Martin. What's the most credits you've ever taken this semester? Twenty-one. Seriously? Mm-hmm.
2: How?
1: What What semester was this? Uh, my last semester of uh, first college.
2: Wait
1: for me. Oh, when you were uh, when you're doing your networking degree? Yes.
0: So... Granted, I didn't have much social life back then, so let's not pretend there weren't sacrifices. No. So did you have a job,
1: or... Was yes. You, okay. So how many hours were you working a week for your job?
0: I don't remember, I'm going to be honest. Less than 20. Okay. No more than 20. And
1: you took 21 credits? Mm-hmm. So what did you do to do well in all those classes and balance all the work?
0: Well... I have been using a delicate balance of Evernote and the actual task management system I use alongside that changes from time to time. But without task management and information management and project management, all these cool tools that I'm using, like Wonderlist and Trello and things of that nature, without them, I would never be able to handle half this many classes because I would forget everything. Oh,
2: I get it.
0: So basically, I'm using technology to allow me to do more than my memory would normally allow me. Are you secretly a Borg? Yes. S- stay yeah. away. Stay away from me. Uh, no. First of all, but yes, I'm part robot. I don't want to be assimilated, Martin. You will be assimilated. I get it now. That's part of the Totino's lifestyle. Is it? <laughs> yes. I don't want to become half pizza roll. Please. I do. <laughs> will not make
2: me do it, punk mosh. You <laughs> at but breakfast.
0: That's it. It was twenty-one credits. You at
2: lunch. But you had I dinner.
0: I didn't have a lot of social life. There was a sacrifice for me to handle that. The most I've taken at Iowa State is 18 alongside of a job. Okay. So that that was more recent, right? Blah. I'm taking 18 right now. I mean, at Iowa State, I don't think I've taken less than 18. Well, you're taking 18, 18 right semester. Now? I've always taken 18. Oh,
1: man. Okay. So I I know what your schedule is like, but so what are you doing to manage all that? Cuz you're also working what like 20 something hours 21 a 21 hours right now. With six hours total time commuting of all that? Yes. So yes, actually. That, that sounds pretty tough. Uh, so how are you
0: managing all that? Uh, well, it's, again, task management systems help me or I would go insane. Um, due to becoming very interested in that stuff, I guess I just get used to finding out the best ways to be efficient with how I'm spending my time and scheduling and things like that to make it all fit because I'm doing 18 credits working 21 hours while commuting while also doing things like this and working on my blog and other ideas and building websites for people it's and having a social life this semester compared to the previous ones actually but this is social yeah yeah i guess that's <laughs> a uh... It's more about the, whichever way you want. You can go up the waterfall, it's for bonus stuff, or you can jump on these for bonus stuff. It's whatever, man. But, basically, I've never stopped using Evernote, and I've always been using some sort of task or project management. At the moment, I'm using Trello to manage big projects, but for daily tasks and things that I'm likely to forget, like, pay your graduation fee by this certain date, like the $75 or whatever, things like that. I always have either a system like Wonderlist, or Habit RPG, or just something in my calendar. Or, right now, I've been putting daily tasks in my uh, little notebook that I carry around, like a pocket-sized one. Yeah. And that's what I'm doing right now to try to simplify things. But it's basically completely thanks to the task management (laughs) systems and the fact that I... Pay really close attention to what the people say in class, so I don't really have to worry about flipping through notes again most of the time, and I'm generally on top of knowing how to do the homework pretty well. Yeah, that's, and you were, pretty, yeah. you were pretty freaking out uh, a couple of nights ago, because Wonderless was down. Oh, yeah. How did that turn out? Did it, well, fix how it itself? It did fix itself, and I didn't lose anything. Okay. But what happened was, I got mad, and that's why I'm using my little <laughs> notebook now for daily tasks, <laughs> because... The projects and stuff, long term goals, it's okay to not have access to those occasionally. Yeah. Right? But the daily tasks, I like, I literally can't remember what I plan to do today unless I write it down. I have like five other things I'm gonna do after this. I have no idea what they are. I have to look at the notebook, otherwise I won't know. So with Wonderlist being down, I decided to stop relying on technology for minor tasks. Okay. And also carrying around a little notebook makes me feel cool.
1: I do like the notebook method.
0: Actually, and te- teachers never question it. They never think you're messing around if you're writing in a little notebook. But if you're texting yourself notes, they'll stop you immediately. You know... a Little notebook looks smart even if you're ignoring them. Honestly, I've never
1: had a teacher, like, tell me to put away my phone if I was, like, It's entering never a been task. to me, but to other people. Though I have had teachers put away, like, tell me to put away my phone because I'm playing a game or something, but <laughs> we will not talk about that. <laughs> Um,
2: no, not
1: Yeah, no. I've been I've been using mainly paper lately too. Like, I've got a Trello board for tasks that I can use to enter really quickly because I can email tasks with drafts. But um, I sit down and I plan my day out on notebook paper, and I decide I need to get these things done. And if I don't get them done, I move them to the next day manually.
0: So. Yeah, there's something really nice, really authentic about out. the writing it down. Yeah, and even with whiteboards too, because I know we both have several whiteboards around the house. Man, that yes, You are bad at Mario. So my words are kind of taken up right now with. Oh, that's Am <laughs> I not
2: supposed to go that way? Am I supposed to go a different way? You can go that
0: way. You've got to be better. I'll, I'll drive this time. You just have to be uh, not bad. I'll. i feel I'll like take both, the wheel. <laughs> I feel like we both
2: have to. I feel like we both. We have can to turn at the same. We time. We can both
0: drive. I just wasn't paying attention. I was letting you drive. Jesus, you know? just take
2: the wheel. I can't. I wasn't letting me turn <laughs> hard enough to like get through it.
0: So you're uh, just a scrub. That's.
2: Oh. No, we don't I want no that, scrubs. I guess that must be it.
1: Scrub is a guy that can't get no love from me, Anna. What? Yeah, that's, that is a fact.
0: Dang it, Martin. You're just
1: hanging out the passenger side. Of his best yes. friend's ride. <laughs> trying to holler at me. Come on. Nope. Um, we the one other thing I'll say about this question is when you are taking a lot of classes, your schedule is very busy. And if you're working like Martin is, your schedule is incredibly busy. And there's a question later on in the episode that sort of deals with, uh, you know, tangentially with this but what I'll say now is, it is very important that you schedule as big blocks of uninterrupted work time as you can. And last week, I did a video. Uh, I guess as, I guess once there this is published, it'll be the two weeks ago video. I did a video on this concept of intellectual combat, where you need to um, prioritize creating big blocks of uninterrupted focus work time, and. Be ruthless about scheduling these. Like, make sure make sure you get in to schedule your classes as soon as you can to make sure you have this kind of time. Because if you're only letting yourself, you know, have an hour here and an hour there to get your homework done, you're not going to be able to get into it, and it's going to be a lot more stressful. So, be mindful of the need to have you know good two or three hour blocks to finish work. So that's all I got for this question. Um, I guess.
0: You I just, will ask I you, think,
1: what did you do to manage your freshman uh, workload? I think we went over this in episode 32, but me? you had a lot of work to do during that freshman year, right? Me? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Because freshman design, like you weren't taking 21 credits, but you were taking, like, the, the program is intensive enough that I think it would be close to that workload, right?
2: Uh, yeah. Plus, you have to take a bunch of gen eds, so it makes it even more stressful.
1: So what was your uh, management style for that semester?
2: Um, you know, I'm not the greatest person to ask that because I'm not the best at time management. (laughs) But, you know, I basically, I knew what I had to do to get the work done, which is literally just sit down and do it. And I guess what really helped me was that I had friends also. And we would get together, and because we all had the same projects, and we would get together and all work on them at the same time.
1: Okay. Because then we could
2: like give each other feedback and
1: find a study buddy that can motivate you Mm -hmm. to get your things done.
2: Definitely, I think it's always actually beneficial to study with someone else who's in the class, just because.
1: As long as they're not bringing up Duke and soundboards, someone might understand
2: something and the other person doesn't.
1: Yeah, it's true.
2: So it's
1: accountability too, you know. You know, as long as as long as that person will actually hold you accountable, and you don't get distracted. Yeah. Because a lot of my lone study time in college, like and as much as I write about productivity, you know, none of us are perfect, and I'm not perfect. A lot of it's just like I'm gonna go yeah. on Reddit for five minutes. Oh look, it's 45 minutes later. I and didn't personally study. do
2: not go on Reddit ever. So yeah, you
1: don't go on Reddit, but I mean, there might be you know other things that we all have trouble with. So studying with someone else can help. you okay. you can keep oh. yourself. Uh, you okay. can keep your partner accountable. They can keep you accountable. So. Uh, say hi to somebody in the
0: class. Uh, we're gonna move on to the next question here.
2: How do you climb? Do you just go towards the wall? You just
0: run up the wall. Like, okay. Uh, okay, I guess that doesn't technically tell you. You just walk at it. Okay. Like it's you.
2: How do I, how do I yeah, get like rid of these yeah, towers? Like, what towers? These towers
0: You can swipe at them. You have to... If you're a cat. Oh, yeah, you could swipe at
2: them right now with the run button.
1: I think it's like the run button, you tap it. Yeah. The cat button's like, oh, the cat suit's really good because it's offensively capable.
2: And you can climb up walls. Or Mario, basically, it's basically broken.
0: Cats are the ultimate. Killing I've never machine. even heard anybody say the word like offensive it's, in reference to Mario. That's true, but I mean, you are kicking
1: soccer bomb oh, or soccer wow. ball bombs at that's things. It's mean, quite offensive, but like it doesn't feel.
2: How do you kick them? It
1: is like very cartoony. Violence, you just run at them. Yeah, with the soccer balls, you just touch them. Anywho, this question is from Michaela. And she says, as a freshman in college, there are many things I can discuss and rant about and having difficult grapp- uh, difficulty grappling with, but uh, if I had to pick one specific question to ask you, uh, I would ask if you had any helpful tips on networking. It seems uh, to be the key to success, and I've never really been a good networker, at least I don't think I am, um, but it seems like I need to learn this critical skill in order to be more successful in college, so... What are your tips on getting acquainted with professors or faculty members so they can write good recommendations for you uh, or, you know, getting in touch with uh, recruiters and employers and that kind of thing? So let's uh, riff on networking for a while.
2: Um, I guess.
1: Let's start, let's start by you. You just went and had coffee. With uh, the owner of a design studio. Well,
2: well, she was not the owner. Or wasn't the owner? Who was no. it? Somebody that worked there? Yes, I mean she does a lot of stuff there. Well,
1: you wouldn't have had coffee with her. So let's 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 tell the story about how this meeting came about and what ended up happening.
2: <laughs> All right. It's pretty cool, actually. So there's this print shop that I think is super awesome in uh, um kind of near where we live. Des Moines Des Moines. Des Moines. Des Moines. Des Moines. Des Moines. Des Moines. But, oh, is um, that what it
1: is, Demwen,
0: It's of the monks. Gotcha. Is
2: that what it is? Cool. Of the monks. Well, yeah. But anyway, right. so basically they were they were holding this event that sounded really cool. Um, it was like kind of like an art show. And they were hosting it. So For I was context. like, well, I'm going to go. And I'm going to bring my business card just in case, you know, I do meet some of them. So we went. And they were kind of at a table, like, selling the art. So I went up there and I was like, Are you guys from 87 Central? Which is the place. And they were like, Oh, yeah, we work there. So I talked to them for a while and they were really cool. Um, and the, I, I was talking to a guy and I was like, Well, you know, uh, here's my business card. I'm a design student, you know, whatever. And then later on in the evening, I went and I was like, So what do you do at 87 Central? And he was like, Well, I'm actually the owner. <laughs> So I accidentally gave my business card to the owner and like, it was pretty cool because I would not have, I would not have approached him like that if I had known he was the owner. But he was. So it ended up being pretty awesome. And what ended up happening was I talked a lot with this other woman who worked there and she was really cool and we kind of talked about beer and so I emailed her it's a good topic. A few days later. It's <laughs> well, a good icebreaker, it, well, it really the, is. The event like took place at a brewery. Yeah. So she asked like what I was drinking and we talked a bit. So then I emailed her afterwards. Wow. You just were not. I
0: was running in circles and I jumped to the
1: right. edge
2: at the end. Anyway. So I emailed her and <laughs> I was like. I emailed her and I said, I would really love to have coffee with you. And she was more than happy to meet with me. And she actually ended up showing me around the print shop. We actually barely even got coffee. We, like, went and got coffee to go. And then, oh, really? Yeah, we didn't even stay there. I spent most of the visit at, at the actual print shop. And I actually oh. ended up, like, helping out around the print shop with stuff. So mm-hmm. it was a really, really um, hmm. good connection, I think. And you just... I personally had a really... Tom knows this. I had a really hard time kind of buying the whole networking thing and I kind of like refused to to do it, which is, you shouldn't do that because it it really is just important because Tom can tell you this because he always tells me this, but like, there's going to be so many other people out there who can do the same stuff you can, but not everyone can network. So if you're going to be the one that is brave enough to go and talk to them, then you're going to stand out more than the others. So it's just a very important thing. How did you get up there?
1: Yeah, definitely. I, this thing, like the word networking.
2: Also, I and want so, to point out that like, okay. go that I, because kind of going along with what I just said, I was like, me and my friend were the only people there who actually like went up and gave them our business cards. So
1: Yeah. So this—I mean—this word networking—it seems like so formal and so dry and <laughs> like put on. Go to JC Penney, okay. Now you get your suit. Uh, it's gonna fit you like a tarp. Don't worry about <laughs> that. It's, it looks professional, okay. D- just check that box off, and you go to the career fair and you give her your your business card. It's gotta be white. It's gotta have black text. Nothing else. Don't uh, tell them you want an internship and then they will. They might They might breathe fire and, and char you to, to the bone right there. But if they don't, you may get a job. Um, you gotta say the right words.
0: Goodbye,
2: <laughs> 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 You just
1: died the whole time. Screw you!
2: Screw you! I killed no, myself is,
1: and waited for you to die. This is the thing, okay? Networking does not have to be this super dry activity because really when it comes down to it, it's just the process of making friends. Like... People want to work with people they trust and people they like. That's what it is. Like if Martin didn't have a job, I'd be like, Martin, come work with me because I know you. Have, I know you're talented. You gotta be talented. You know you have to have talent. But beyond that, like we're friends. I enjoy being around you. There's all that kind of stuff. So, you know that's what networking is. And you don't have to make it this like ritualistic, businessy, like sterile thing. You can go to a, <clears throat> a coaster art show at a brewery. Uh, where your boyfriend buys a coaster with uh, the Russian space dog Laika on it and end up with a coffee date with the founder of a print shop you want to work at. Like, that's awesome. Uh, and when we and I interviewed you, you talked about the story where you went uh, up to Minneapolis yep. after just cold emailing people who worked at a design firm saying, hey, I would love to have coffee with you to learn about what you do. And well, here's the I thing think. you do. You, you know, you just take interest in other people, take interest in what they're doing. So with professors... What I always did was I tried to take interest in their subject and then uh, express that interest. So with my marketing professor, um, I would send him articles like of great marketing strategies I saw. I think I took my marketing class back when the marketing campaign for Portal Two came out, and Valve was doing this crazy thing where they had this cryptic web page up, and uh, people in the Steam community had to like buy certain games and play certain games and get certain achievements, and if they did it, like the The whole community would come together and help to, like, move the release date up for Portal 2. And they just made a killing on that thing. Like, people were just buying games left and right, sinking tons of hours into games on Steam to get Portal 2 to come out faster. And I sent my professor the link to the page, and I was like, this is really cool marketing. I think he would like it. And he was like, oh, yeah, this is really cool. And, you know, I might even want to have you talk about it in class. And we ended up just, you know, striking up a relationship from that. You can die. Um, another professor has asked me to come speak for his class multiple times just because I... Had, you went through a waterfall. It's a sandfall. That ain't natural, boy. I do what I does. Anyway. What are you
2: doing? How'd so, you know,
1: there? do things that take an interest in other people. I call it the fan-first model. So if you want to connect with somebody who's already well-established, then be a fan first. Share their work. You know, provide validation for them after that you can make a connection and they will know you as this person that's been supporting them in their craft for a while and you're less likely to come off as somebody who just wants something and that's always a good thing so uh, I have an entire episode on networking, episode 17 there will probably be more episodes on networking so um, you know, whatever little we cover
0: in this episode there are more things on it but Martin, do you have any good networking stories before we move on? Uh, no stories off the top of my head, but I will say that when I'm in classes, in addition to expressing interest in the random topics, like, so I run a language blog and I have interest in language. So when my teachers, so I've got a couple professors that are learning foreign languages. So I actually reach out to them through email just to, just to talk to them about it. And I, I talk to them after class and tell them about my site, ask them what they're learning and why they want to learn it because I'm actually interested, not because I'm trying to get anything out of it. And I've had professors remember me for that, and I stand out because I connected with them on something that was even part of their personal life, as opposed to their professional life. Because they're people, it turns out. What? That's the big secret. They're Everyone people. Also, I thought they were teaching robots. People also like to have
2: true. their ego stroked. not.
0: They do like that there ego So stroke.
2: if you tell them that they're awesome at what they do, they're gonna like you. Yeah, probably. if you go up
0: there, you say, Hey, could I stroke your ego?
2: <laughs> I just wanna I just wanna pet it. <laughs>
0: they're gonna love it. Hey, I, you don't know me. They're gonna think it's but I'm gonna get really like, uncomfortable and they're gonna ask I, you to leave their office.
1: Can I touch your ego? I in, just, wanna but, just
0: wanna touch it. Just want touch it. Put a pizza roll on it. Put <laughs> it But uh essentially I am
2: pizza totino's
0: boy. I was reaching out to the professor In a way that isn't even like, he's my professor and I'm the student below him. Because it was unrelated to what he was teaching me, it was just like a person-to-person, same thing as if you met a person your age. yeah, Doing something. It was a friend kind of reaching out. Friend kind of Which is a very honest kind that I don't think could be mistaken for just wanting something very easily. Yeah, and
1: here's something I've always kept in mind with networking. A business contact... Will, will do things with you if uh, they anticipate some future reciprocation or if they anticipate that it's going to be mutually beneficial for them. A friend will bail you out of jail because they like you, you. know. So a friend is going to do everything a business contact will do if they can, plus a million other things. So it's so much better to make friends. And I remember reading a, a free ebook by Colin Wright called uh, Networking Awesomely. And I think he's changed the title of it, but I'll link to it in the show notes, whatever it is now. But, um, the first chapter was, like, I basically networked by going out and getting wasted with friends, you know? We, we have a night, we barely remember it, but we're, we're great friends the night after that. that and true? I read the book back when I was, like, against drinking, and I was like, wait a minute. This is, like, it's not just all debauchery and, <laughs> and throwing fire hydrants off of Oh, maybe that's what roofs. they did. Maybe they did that. I don't know. How would you get a fire hydrant up anyway? You're drunk. You can't undo the rivets. You're strong. <laughs> <laughs> strong drunk. <laughs> so yeah make friends also this is not that related but it uh it came to mind when you said that people like to have their egos stroked there are certain people who have jobs where their egos are stroked all the time um mine is one of them like people email me and they're like thank you for doing this and i love it it's great you know I, i love the feedback but i want to you know emphasize that that's not everyone's job uh, like think of your landlord there's either you know your house it, your, your apartment is in good shape in which it's normal and you don't say anything or something's wrong and then you cuss them out like they never get good feedback so God, yes. if, if you want to be a cool person email your landlord sometime and be like hey thank you for making my house a good place to live <laughs> as my girlfriend just flips off Martin.
2: <laughs> you know what
0: did he throw you off the cliff again?
2: He tried, but then he died and I didn't.
0: Wow. Well, I mean, Again, get right. I, I ground pound every time. I always commit I don't suicide. Do do I always I don't die. I've
2: been trying to do that and can't be it. Uh, you hit the left
0: trigger. I want to
1: break down what you just said. I always commit suicide. I don't die.
0: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right. I am a god. <laughs> if I like, understand this, my do percent. I
1: get to the next level of enlightenment or something? Yeah. Not paradoxical, so you're just not getting it. Alright, we're gonna head over to question number three. Uh, this is from Tucker. He says, I'm in college for finance, specifically investment banking, and I wanna have a website, but I'm just not sure what I gotta put on it. So can you give me examples of what I would put in my portfolio? Mock stock portfolios or What's something going else? Down
0: now.
1: Uh, also, if I was to use Twitter as a networking platform, what would I tweet about? I use Twitter right now, but I just use it for friends, and I feel like I should split up my Twitter. So uh, I guess it's a couple different questions, but from the same person. So I'm going to count it as one because I can do whatever I want. Screw you. So what would a finance major Why do I have so put on their majors? personal website? Because, uh, you know, a finance major is not going to have visible, like, creative projects to show off. Like, you're a design major. Mm-hmm. You have a portfolio.
2: Yeah.
1: Very easy. Um, I had a writing portfolio to show off. Oh, man. But I guess, like, with IT, you know... Your, your personal website is a good example of this. It's very sparse. It doesn't have, like, a huge portfolio on it, but it's
0: pretty effective for you. So what do you do with yours, and, and like, what is your situation? This Martin? one wasn't on purpose. Um, so my website's very, very basic on purpose because I like to keep basic. things simple. And uh, I think the reason it works is because the only focus on there, it's got a picture of me, actually just my face, and then it's got a couple of paragraphs, one explaining my technology, one explaining my languages, and one explaining why someone should hire me. It's very brief, and I think that's a that's a bonus because people don't like to read a whole lot when they're not convinced that there's a good reason to do so. So you don't like – it's the same reason you don't want to give somebody uh, like a seven-paragraph cold email. They don't know who you are. Why should they read seven of your paragraphs when they're on a very busy schedule, presumably? So I keep my website very basic so that it's not hard to get through. It's just like, hey, I'm Martin. I'm pretty cool. Talk to me. And that's all that's really needed because most people don't even have that.
1: Yeah, and you just have a couple of sections, right? You have
0: web development. and yeah, web development, language, and hire me. So Which I guess isn't all that relevant now. Well, it is for language things, but still. Yeah, and it is simple, but I don't. I don't want to overemphasize
1: uh, how simple it is because you do have what you do on there.
0: Yeah, I mean, you've got that's your true. It's
1: very indirectly being shown. And you said earlier that you've connected with professors over language. Yes. So you have a tangential interest that isn't really related to your web development, your professional life, but it. You know, it's part of your identity, and you have polyglot. So.
2: Like Ooh, you can tie into that. You can be like, "Oh, a really look, good I, thing I to built say. the
1: PolyBot theme. I designed the site. I write." You know, a lot of it, it like puts forth your
0: soft skills, puts forth your you know your technical skills. Uh, you know, actually, when you said identity, that Damn. it puts forth my personal brand. Yeah, my website is just the the simplest way to express what my personal brand is because I represent myself as language and web development. Yeah, so you you have actually you have like a two prong personal brand. Like I know what I want to be seen as because you're like yeah you're like I want to be a polyglot web developer. Yeah, you know?
1: and that that actually kind of separates you because there's a lot of web developers out there, and there's you know not not as many poly- polyglots, but there yeah, are a lot of well known ones. They're there. But like how many like oh I'm the nerdy polyglot web developer who likes Pokemon and I'm a badass
0: at making websites. Like that's yeah. what you're at. This combining point. a couple things does it does help also because. In the crowds that I hang out with, given that it's kind of a unique pairing, what happens is I usually have something cool that the other people around me don't know about, so they'll ask me about it when they first meet me, and they'll be like, and they'll remember me as, oh, hey, he's the guy that did whatever the one part of my personal brand that they didn't do Yeah, is. yep, It's very differentiating.
1: Yeah, people like to learn about things they don't know about, things that are cool sounding. Um, I think for you, like you're a graphic designer... Yeah, but you have like a you have a, you know, I think you're you're developing a specific style of art that you create, uh,
2: so that differentiates I
1: you. Oh, I think you are.
2: Uh,
1: so like with the journey <laughs> art you do
2: a lot of uh, a couple
1: of other style, pieces, but, but it's it's okay. still like you're not just like stock graphic designer. Nah, and you are like a geek graphic designer, like you tweet about sure. video games, anime, and stuff. So you're like in sort of in that like there's an intersection. And I think this is a so it's the same with what I do like there are plenty of college advice things on the internet, but there are not a whole lot of college advice things that tie in video game references and geek references and movies and stuff like that. Um, you know, that's what I'm passionate about, but I purposely tie that into my work because I know it makes it more interesting. It makes it more unique. So look at what else you're interested in and see, can this, can this tie into my professional identity and make me a more interesting person and will it help my goals? Like I think if, if you Trinket just like blanket thing. apply this, uh, you know, it could be harmful because it'd like I I like to sit around and eat Doritos and play WoW and right, I'm that's, an investment banking major. I don't think like the right, investment. That's banks your personal are want. brand,
0: man. <laughs> you also have to think I'm, about, Doritos, boy. I'm, I'm Doritos
2: boy. I am Doritos <laughs> Chips boy.
0: This is just the stupid Tim and Eric <laughs> commercial it's not is not a very marketable personal brand. Everything
2: I'm sorry, It's but just funny. stuck in my head. It's huh? funny.
0: Um,
1: I want I want, rock scene. I
2: want some totinos now. I don't. I do. Never. I am. Please no. Pizza totinos boy.
0: By the way, I put <laughs> us in on one of the last bonus worlds. Oh, you guys are so screwed. That's why I've been I beat the last level. You guys level. are so
1: screwed.
0: I want to see you do like the lava level. Like the really fast one. I mean, I beat like every level in this game except the last one. I'm just here to I'm just here, just here, to, I'm just here to mess it. with Anna. And it is funny. <laughs> I think I like the setup where I host it and don't play.
1: Because I can I can host it better, you know? I can be more present with the, the content that I'm presenting. But yeah. also watch you guys kill each other. And it, I can be great. more
0: present in this game. It's
1: great. I'm not that much more so present. I think, a much I think budget. what I was saying is you have to gauge wow. oh, no. who the decision makers are going to be uh, along your your path, right? So if you are going to be an investment banker... Oh, shit. I am not an investment banker. I don't know anything about that other than uh, my friend Andrew worked for Lehman Brothers before they went under. But I would assume that they're a more conservative bunch. So if you're like, I like anime and Kill I Kill and I like to watch Sailor Moon and I'm an investment banker, like maybe you want to separate those two identities. But if you have something really cool, like I traveled to Europe and I did you know, work in this place or I... You know, something else that you think would resonate with a more conservative uh, gatekeeper, then you could tie that into your personal brand. I think it all matters uh, what your goals are and, you know, what your identity is and how you can tie that together. Um, But what I wanted to say specifically to this question of investment banking is, you know, you're not creating a whole lot of portfolio level work as uh, that kind of a major, you know, business majors, accounting majors, you don't create things that really lend themselves to being shown off. And, uh, to compensate for that, I want to introduce this concept, um, that I call the student success triangle. And I came up with this while I was interviewing Issa Adney from community success.com and she'll be on episode 42, oh, no. I believe. So it'll be a while down the road, like five weeks from now. Um, But essentially, we were talking, and I got this idea in my head, that your success as a student is dependent on your improvement in three different areas. One being consistent learning, Uh, the second being value creation, and the third being relationships, interpersonal relationships. So how can you make your website cater to these three different areas? Well, with relationships, it's easy. You want to make your website a hub to enable you to connect with other people. So, link to your social pri- profiles, make it easy to connect with you, and make it easy to realize what your values are, what you're interested in, how people can start a conversation that's with that's you. That's how you use it as a home base for networking.
0: Wait, that's wait. how you build a relationship
1: with it. With learning and with value creation, I think these two things can go hand in hand. Uh, and the intersection of those is that you can teach people what you're learning. So, if you're learning things about finance, you can easily start a blog where you teach people about finance. You could teach people about personal finance. You could uh, give people insight into the world of corporate finance and investment banking. Start a blog. Basically do something to show that you're learning and that you're passionate about what you're learning. And that you have the ability to teach it. You, you have a solid grasp of material to the point where you can actually teach it. So that's what I would do with your website. Like Martin said, you can, you can keep it really simple because you don't have a whole lot to show off. But you can show off your knowledge. And you can use it to connect with people. Uh, and that is my spiel about that website also if you want to learn how to create a website then i've got a big old personal website nice. creation tutorial yeah. on the website uh it's collegebookie.com slash personal dash website or you build a personal website.com oh, website. you, you can find it there yeah. and there's also a post on the components of a personal website so i wrote another one where i show each of the different components you can put on your website and put a uh, example of each from somebody i admire so those two links will both be in the show notes at sickpodcast.com. And we're going to move on to the next question, which is from Parnita. I think we've gotten a question from Parnita before. I
2: like, did not Maybe. contribute to is that it is the same question one? at all.
1: It, it is not the same one. I, I made sure not to do that.
2: What do you think I am, to No, I mean, the same,
1: I mean the
0: same Parinda. Oh, it is a Scrub. Yes, yes. <laughs> well, wait, wait, wait. Do you saying, want to contribute to saying, the
2: question number three? Are you saying you're not a scrub?
1: What? Do you? You're my loving girlfriend. You think that I'm a...
0: Spooky ghost. Do you time.
2: I was dating you because I thought that.
0: Oh That's weird.
2: Oh <laughs> just kidding.
0: You gotta no jump, jump into one of these, you need the lights. You're gonna have to learn to live I'll with that. Jump into it? Yeah. It's a right. helmet. Did you wanna
1: like contribute oh. anything to hey. question number three?
2: Because oh, you didn't well, just build no. your website,
1: but I mean, you're, you're kind of in a different situation because your, your major well, is all mean, about showing off I your mean,
2: work. did he like say what kind of major he was in?
1: Yeah, he said he was an investment banking major, like oh, finance major. Or he yeah, wants to go into investment that, banking.
2: I can't really help with that.
1: So I think. But the, I mean, I'm
2: sure there's other people who aren't that that are listening.
1: That's true. Yeah. So, well, I guess his question was specifically like, what do I do with the website if I'm in this major that doesn't really lend itself uh, to a portfolio? Okay. But with you, like, I mean, you. If, if you want, you can elaborate a little bit on uh, what yeah. you just did with your personal website. Yeah, no. okay. People are curious now. You brought it up. Ah! That's life. Is that like a whale call?
0: That's, uh, oh, I'm really, like, really messed up whale, man.
2: Is on. Yeah? Now I want to watch Finding
0: Eagle. I want to see the sequel. What a oh, I
2: forgot they were making a sequel! Yep. Sharkbait! ooh ha, ha.
1: What is... What is Pixar in sequels? I want more original what? things. Unless I can get a sequel to Incredibles, because that's the only one that I can think, I think of that left on my cliffhanger. Anyway, yeah, they're,
2: they're we, how are they going be to beat the Underminer? We got, Come on, we got off topic. Anyway, I don't know. I just like um, I I made my website, and then recently I emailed actually that person I met with in Minneapolis last year, and asked her for advice, and she said. That I think what was important for me to do was to choose... She basically said I had too many things on it. Too many of my graphic design pieces on it. That I had to narrow it down to the ones I thought were the best. So, hmm. that's all I wanted to say.
0: Okay, if you do so have, that is if a you good do, thing.
2: If you do have a portfolio that lends itself to, like, a lot of work. And, like, a graphic designer or an artist or, like, a writer even, maybe... If you are going to feature pieces on your personal website, make sure you do narrow it down to the ones that you think are the absolute best and don't like overcrowd it because if you have a really crowded website, like mine looks really crowded, then they're going to probably be overwhelmed and not really want to look at anything and also it kind of tells you that maybe you aren't sure which ones are the best. So you should narrow it down to just a few that you think are your best. And she also gave me the advice that if I did want to show off other ones that I thought were good, but maybe weren't like the absolute, you know, shining stars of my portfolio, then make like a Behance or a dribble and put them on there so that you can still show them off and maybe then link to that on your site.
1: Right. Yeah, it's the same kind of concept where uh, I'm I'm moving into speaking. And I had to create like a two-page sort of promo for myself as a speaker. Well, I didn't put every single press mention or every single quote from a, a listener on there. But those are available at a different part of my site. So if people really want to dig into it, they can find it. But I wanted to feature the best ones on there. And I like what you brought up. That you emailed somebody and asked them, like, is this good? You know, if you if you have a mentor, if you have somebody that you look up to, you can ask them, like, do you think this is a good representation of my skills? Uh, am I, am I showing off too much? And one other thing, if you're, if you're applying for a certain company,
2: um, I be a you can cat. show
1: off specific things that you think fit the role that they're looking for. And that could be as simple as changing your portfolio up when you apply, or you could do something, um, like build a specific hire me page on your site. Huh. And that's a really good thing to do. But, um, I'm so sad. I want to, I want to get I want to get one more thing in here. He asked about Twitter, and almost forgot about it. So, uh, to use Twitter to help build your personal brand and build relationships, still I mentioned the fan first model earlier on. Find people that you look up to that are creating work uh, in your space and share it, support it. So you can share their work, you can link to their site, you know, share things. Uh, you can provide feedback on Twitter. You can tweet them and say, "Hey, I love the article that you just wrote, you know, on this subject." You know, great work. Just start getting on the radar. Uh, that's a good way to use Twitter. Um, you can look at how I use Twitter. You can look at how Martin uses Twitter. Uh, Anna uses Twitter sometimes.
2: Sometimes. You, po- you
1: post pictures of graphic design that you like. You know, Breaking. that kind of stuff. Uh, look at what people are using Twitter for. Yeah, you, can, you can search people by their bio tags. So if you search, like, investment banker or finance major or something, you might find other people. Get some ideas. Um, personally, I use Twitter to promote my own articles. I use it to share articles written by people that I admire, so I can support them. Um, I have my own personal <laughs> opinions and jokes on there, and that kind of stuff. But you know, there's a lot of things you can do on it.
0: That's so what we're doing—a dance
1: just... of some kind,
2: <laughs> what interpretive are you dance.
1: Doing? We're, doing, we're a doing interpretive dance. dance. Peach is upside down. I can see her pantyhose.
2: Can we take a picture of this and it can like be the featured? To- <laughs> I-
0: yeah. I
1: will take a picture of it. Okay, I'm, I'm snapping a picture of this right now. If I can. This is art. Okay. That is now <laughs> the featured image for the podcast. Why? It, is it? It might be.
0: Oh my God. <laughs> I
1: don't know why.
2: Oh, I need Lord. to get back to
1: everyone now. Um, yeah, I've Twitter, been meaning Twitter. to write a Twitter guide for a long time, so I need to get around to that. But those are my tips for now. And we're going to get on to Parnita's tip. Okay. And uh, so earlier, I talked about the intellectual combat concept and how you need to build as much um, big blocks of steady time into your schedule as you can, but it's not perfect. And Parnita's question really leads into that. So Parnita asks How do you use little pockets of time in your schedule? For example, my schedule is pretty bad. Everything is so spread out. <laughs> you
0: ended up letting me. Win. Sometimes
1: there are classes yeah. that occur one or two hours after the last one. Three of my days end at 6 p.m., one at 8 p.m., the other one at 5. Um, and with the exception of Thursday, my days start at 11 a.m. So, including transportation time, how can I effectively use these short pockets of time? Because I'm worried that I'm going to be unproductive or tired, especially once the day is done and I actually have some uninterrupted time. So, uh, I'll be honest at this point, my, my schedule is a lot of uninterrupted time because I'm a writer. Um, the only, the only hard scheduled things as of yet are podcast interviews that I do. And I think once I start speaking, it'll get a little more crowded, but you guys are still students. So how do you utilize small blocks of time? Like an hour, two hours, maybe less to get things done or your transportation? Cause you commute for six hours a week. Yes. So that's also a good
2: thing
1: to mention.
0: Um Well how I use wait. How I use my transportation well? Or, or what just do you, what how do, you do I deal with the free your, time your, since your I'm busy? Small, small all blocks of
1: time. You know, how do you make those productive? Because you know you have switching costs, cognitive kind of switching costs. Um it's hard to get into work to get yourself set up, so what do you do to make that easier and make those times
0: productive? Alright. Well, for small things, every morning and or the night before, it really depends on my mood. Um, Like I said, I'm using a little notebook, and I'll write down the day's tasks, just the day's tasks, and not that many. So as soon as I have free time, I look at that list, and then I'm Ah, like, which one do I want to work on now? And I just do it. It's easy because I don't have to think. So mad. There are so many things you could be doing, so if you've already broken down what you would like to do with this day, it's a lot easier to figure out how to spend that time. I'm really, uh i'm not okay, perfect okay. at this i'm gonna be honest about 30 percent of those small blocks of time were just me sitting around wishing that i had more time ironically but i I'm think that's so what motivated yeah i think a lot of people do that that's what happens when you're super busy all the time Can you had a little debate over the difference between demotivated and unmotivated yeah I, I forgot that you could use both because english negative pronouns are ridiculous and there's nine million of them what even more mm-hmm. are we supposed to do uh you're supposed to collect all of the I don't even remember what, honestly. You're supposed to be better? You're supposed to collect all of the something and then go into the box. We collect them all. we just did not hit the box at the end. All of the yeah. something. The stars. Can I tell you guys a all stupid story? Wait, no, not all the stars. Something else. <laughs> I
1: when know. I was 10, my cousin and I were staying at my grandpa's house and he wanted to make prank calls. Yeah. And I was 10, so I said, yes, let's do this. So we dialed a random number and he didn't remember his script. So he said... Hey, this is so-and-so of the something. Here's my assistant. He just hands me the phone. <laughs> of the something. Uh,
2: you guys are come come brilliant. You
1: brought that back. You and your friend were brilliant. We should
2: come back this <laughs> way. Because there's really a star over here. Uh, I'm trying. <laughs> How do we even get past that?
1: Anyway, so we're talking about you know these blocks of time, right?
0: Oh, we're supposed to kill these. What do you do when you're not demotivated? Well, uh, other than pulling from the small list, because those are usually tasks that can be done within maybe an hour or so by themselves, it's not something that I worry about for multiple days in a row. So for the big things, what I'll do is uh, set small blocks of time very deliberately to do them, not even that I can finish them in. So I'm working on a new article. I'll do like, okay, today I'm going to work for 20 minutes on my blog post. So I'll do that for 20 minutes. So when I have a block of time, let's say I have a half hour, normally I would go, oh, that's not nearly enough time to do anything for an article, so I'm just gonna do small tasks instead and I'll never get around to the article. But if I say I'll do 20 minutes of the article, then a 30 minute amount of time is, that's plenty. I know quite, quite blatantly that I can accomplish my goal. Mm. So I just set right to it. I set a timer. I work. Sure, the first five minutes of that might just be me getting used to what I was doing. But the rest are productive. And that's a lot more than you're going to get if you're just overwhelmed because you think you're too busy.
1: Yeah, and it's it's really just giving yourself permission to start and not expecting yourself to finish everything. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I'm going to work. And my goal is to get as much done as I can in this time.
0: Yeah, like time-based goals are really good because... You know that you're going to finish them. They can't mm-hmm. go over time. Does I mean, mean unless I you're inspired and you want them to. They're input press based, right? Oh. Yeah, they're not they're, output based. They're input. Yes, based. That, they're is, input that is input. This of work. They're input based, which makes them far more reasonable and sustainable. Gosh, dang it. Yes. So, what about you? Do you have any like small
1: gaps between classes or anything?
2: I have definitely in the past. Okay. Um, gonna be honest, I don't always use them productively. <laughs>
0: I don't think
2: anyone does. Um, but, like, sometimes I will just think of, like, small tasks that I know I have to get done, like, today. Hmm. Um, I had to find a couple pictures for my printmaking class. And I had, like, a half an hour of time. And I, usually I have more during this time, but I actually decided to... I, ran into one of my friends on campus and we decided to just go out to lunch really quick so I had less time than usual so I had maybe like 45 minutes of time before my class so I just decided to do a small task instead of trying to like work on something that I I know I probably won't get very much done on so it kind of like just negates everything you guys just said but no, not really I just, yeah, I just think of, like, some of the smaller things that I want to get done, and then I do those.
1: So I actually really like that. Uh, I think it's super smart, actually. Um, something that came up in the intellectual combat video was this idea that you should look at your tasks in terms of contexts. There's high-intensity, very, like, thought-intensive tasks, like those big projects that you didn't have enough time for. And then there's... a uh, Low, low intensity tasks, like the thing that you just said, to find some pictures for your prints. And the idea is to batch these low intensity tasks as much as you can to get them all done in one lump sum of time. And if it doesn't take very much time, you can get several of them done in an hour. So you actually, you're being really smart by saying, I've only got 45 minutes, I'm gonna get some of these low intensity tasks out of the way, and later on, I'm gonna have a few hours. I don't have to worry about this stuff, I can just dive right into my big projects. That's really smart. So do that. Um, the one thing I will add is something that I do when I'm in the car. Because the car, uh, when I'm driving to a coffee shop or when I'm driving to Des Moines to work at a co-working place, that's one of my little blocks of time where I can't do something intensive. And what I do often, I'll listen to podcasts to learn some things. So I have a lot of podcasts that I like and I can link to my favorite podcasts article that I wrote Where's a while back. Down? But another thing I do is I will open the voice recorder app on my iPhone and record just like I'll ad lib voice notes on articles that I want to write later. So rather than taking time, you know, a, a lot of times I have to take time to sit there and just write out my notes on an article. But if I'm in the car and I can record my thoughts on it, then I can get a lot recorded and primed my brain for when it comes time to write. And, uh, you know, this is really productive because otherwise I'd just be sitting in the car doing nothing. And another thing is when I'm in the car, there's nobody there. So I have absolutely no embarrassment, no like hesitation to say whatever I want. So I really can dig deep into my brain and bring out things I probably wouldn't bring out otherwise. So it's probably not something you can do if you're taking the bus, but if you're commuting to school, you have some alone time that you can really take advantage of to be creative and, um, get some brainstorming done. So if you have like projects to do, if you have papers to write, you could do your little brain dump into a voice recorder and then listen to it later and uh, write those things down. So those are my suggestions for using small blocks of time. And unless anybody's got objections, we're going to move on to question number five. Sounds good to me. Which I'm going to let Martin take because it's I don't know what question his five is. dear sister oh it is and she's very simply asking any advice
0: on how to find and win scholarships oh well hello little sister hi (laughs) Brandy. i didn't even realize you were going to be in this podcast but you are so feel famous so (laughs) i wasn't prepared for that um let's see how have i won scholarships uh i guess that's what happens when i don't read the questions Before I start the thing. Party hard. So, I know that I got a couple scholarships graduating from high school from the school themselves. So, often, if you're in high school, your school probably has some connections and some scholarships specific for graduates of your school. The college you're looking at probably also has some specific things. I know the Iowa State website has a really really useful scholarship finding section that lets you search by all these different requirements, by ethnicity, bonuses, do you need to, is it financial need-based, is it merit-based, things like this. So your school should hopefully, if it's pretty cool, have a nice scholarship searching function that will allow you to find these things. And there are tons of other places also with scholarship lists, but... I've never used them because it's always seems sketchy to me. I don't have any experience with them, but they're like, pay money to have a chance at winning money. And yeah, I was just bullshit. like, that That feels that like a lottery Bobby. to those, me. Those it's are like, bullshit. That's like, gambling. Never so, do anything uh, with those. Basically, I would, uh, if wow. your school doesn't have a very blatant list, your high school, your college you're looking at, anything like that. Then I think it would be a good idea to contact some of the financial aid counselors that your school is probably required to have. Right on. Yep. That, is, that
1: was the answer I was looking for. Contact people. That's ridiculous. Ask.
0: I was. I was kidding. Look how
2: cute. No, never. I'm sure
0: you sure never talked to, anybody. I'm not to
2: play That outfit. Well,
0: you shouldn't talk because just if you really talk to people, one. they might not like you. Yeah, That's they might scary. not. No, yeah. You. You need to just keep yourself. But I'm sure you've touched on this topic far more in depth in an article or some other thing. I mean, you're a college blogger, so I would imagine that you've researched this. Talk about scholarships. What do you think? So I'll tell
1: you, I have a a buttload of research on scholarships. I have not yet written my full article on scholarships. Oh. Because it could be super long. But I do have something. It's coming hard. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to give a. Uh, Single tip. Sort of like an in depth Uh, thing. Is it gonna be a rich tip?
0: It's gonna be a rich. Rich tip. (laughs) Shout out to the Fizzle Show. (laughs) Hi guys. Why are you pinching my cheek?
2: Because you're so cute. Yeah. Oh wait, I hate this one. And
1: that's how I this. Just
0: kidding. Weeaboo. Oh snap. You're a Weeaboo. Is your name Weeaboo Jones? Don't be a filthy Weeaboo.
2: Don't be a Weeaboo Jones, kids.
1: i'm gonna give one tip and i had this tip in mind and then it has evaporated because my girlfriend started pinching my cheek
2: hey you had a tip oh come on you can remember it and tip
1: and i also have a resource recommendation so um the tip has to do with recommendations i
0: can't this is a 30 second so a lot
1: of scholarships will ask you to get recommendations from people and this ties really well back into the networking question because if you can build relationships with professors, then it's very easy to get recommendations. But My tip is to make it as easy as possible for your professors to write recommendations if you ask them. So if you do that, then, you know, send them all the relevant information that they need. Send them what you would like them to say about you. Like if you'd like them to highlight a specific experience that they know about, then they can easily write about that. Uh, make it very easy for them to send it in if they have to send it in themselves. Just basically give them everything they need and don't make it difficult for them. And if you do that, they're going to massively appreciate uh, the effort you put in and you're going to continue to have that great relationship. And the resource that I'm going to point out is another podcast episode because I actually interviewed somebody who was an expert on scholarships. Her name is Shanice Miller. She won so many scholarships that she paid for her entire college plus got $10,000 Che- uh, mail back to her as a check. Money in so, the bank. <laughs> check out episode 34 of this podcast. I think it's called How to Win Scholarships with Shinice Miller of Debt Free Grad. And uh, that episode is an hour chock full of scholarship finding tips. So until I get my scholarship article out there, check that out. There's also wow. a book called Confessions of a Scholarship Winner by Christina Miller or Christina Ellis. Sorry, I don't know why I said Miller. Um, I'll link to that one in the show notes as well. And you can check those out, but I will also have a scholarship article out in the future. It's just that right oh now God, I'm just oh focusing God. on productivity and studying
2: oh, uh, yes.
1: related articles for this part of the semester.
0: So, <laughs> Gomen. That's a pretty hard level, actually, to do multiplayer. It's so nice. Lo siento. Uh How do you say I'm sorry in Spanish? Because it's Lo Ciento. Oh,
1: is that it? Gomen. Oh. Lo Siento. Gomen, Gomen.
2: Is that Spanish, right?
1: <laughs> that is not Spanish. That's definitely. That
0: is Japanese. I
2: thought it was Mandarin. Yeah. <laughs> Mandarin. You? Martin, are you saying, Martin might know how to. Are say you saying Mandarin. it's not French? Uh,
0: I don't remember it at the moment. Parlez-vous français? Now that's going to bother me that I don't remember that. How to say I sorry? I know I know it. I'm just not. I can't. I remember how to say Shay. I don't know it at the moment. It's in the back of my head. This is what happens when you don't practice a language, and then you let it and fall to the wayside because it's not your primary project.
1: That's true. They slip away. Yep.
0: Anyway, that was the last question. Oh. We did it! And how many suicides do we have well, for Mario?
2: Only well, like one for Mario. Near nine. the end, I
0: started trying to do well so that Anna could have a chance to beat the hard levels.
2: Dang Is anybody
0: feeling better yet?
2: I don't feel bitter at all.
0: Uh, He
2: helped me. Well,
0: then we must not be near the end.
1: We're not near the end. All right. So there will be (laughs) another episode of this Q&A. The only end is bitterness, but we're not there yet. There will be bitterness.
2: Okay. Do I have to jump on them twice? Yep. Wait. Okay. Well, hey,
1: if you enjoyed this episode, uh, there's a new episode of the podcast every single week, Monday. Morning is when they come out. So, if you want to get those episodes uh, wherever you listen to them, subscribe to the podcast on iTunes or Stitcher or wherever you listen. Personally, I use the app Pocket Casts, which is both for Android and iPhone. I love it. But uh, iTunes is the main place where you can subscribe and actually help the show bump up the rankings. So, if you want to support it wherever you listen, subscribe on iTunes. And, And you can leave a review and rating as well. That also is massively helpful. So I don't have a review to read on this episode, but if you want to leave a review, do that. And the show notes for this episode with all the things that I said I would link to, along with the summary and all sorts of other cool stuff can be found at sigpodcast.com. Go to the episode 37 link and you'll find all that stuff. So until next week, stay cute and whatever outros that these people throw in. Oh, I, I am. Can hit the stop button. I got nothing. <laughs> Thanks for listening to the College Info Geek Podcast. Grow your brain even
2: more at www.collegeinfogeek.com. Remember to eat Totino's pizza rolls, kids.
1: They're not even paying me for this. You know know how many times you've said Totino's in this episode?
2: It's funny. I have
1: gotten zero dollars. Tim and Eric have convinced me to advertise a pizza roll company that I don't even I don't even like pizza rolls. You know
2: what? That just means that Totino's is genius. True. You know why? Because they made a stupid video ad, and now everyone's sharing it because they think it's stupid. And they're they're, Or they think it's genius. So they're getting a bunch of free advertising from everyone who likes Tim and Eric or hates Tim and Eric even too. That
1: is pretty good. Feminine pizza bag. (laughs)
2: Feminine pizza, ba- pizza Valentine. Okay, okay, we should probably huh? stop.
1: I'm putting this at the outdoor cut, music.
0: Cut the tape, you all. Cut shit. Cut the tape. <laughs> all
2: right.